What I want you to do is I want you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. And uh, I, I have grown up praying a prayer ever since I was about 20 years old. So the first 20 years I was clueless about anything. But me and baseball, that's about all I, all I knew about. But since about 20 years old, I was uh, trained to pray a prayer uh, out of Isaiah 64, verse 1 or 2, rend the heavens and come down. It's one of the most important prayers. How many of you have been in uh, intercessory meetings where that prayer has been prayed corporately, where somebody has led in that kind of a prayer, rend the heavens and come down? And the, the, the phrase or the language that we would use that represents what our passion, our desire is, God, we want open heavens. We want open heavens. I read of stories of great outpourings of the Spirit in history. Uh, one of my favorite ones to study is the Welsh Revival, the great outpouring that happened in Wales in the early 1900s. And they would say, people would say, they could cross the border from England into Wales, and when they stepped across the border, they could sense a difference in the atmosphere. There was actually a shift in the presence that they became aware of. And so what I want to talk to you today about is that open heaven, what we have, what we want, what we cry for. In Mark chapter 1 is interestingly a story of the baptism, the water baptism of Jesus. And it's a story that I, uh, I love to read over and over and over again because it has so much prophetic impact on how we do life. So let's uh, go to verse 9 of Mark chapter 1. It says, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I love this story. It's uh, all of these lessons, these sessions are about 20 minutes long. So each of these subjects are really an hour, hour and a half long subjects to do well. So you can imagine the kind of abbreviated approach I have to take to this. But Jesus came to John. John had just prophesied that one was coming, that he wasn't worthy to untie shoes. The Gospel of John has the fullest record of this, but I'm reading out of Mark's Gospel because of one word, where it says the heavens parted. He pointed and he saw Jesus. Jesus came up to him. He had just prophesied that Jesus had what was called the baptism of fire. And John watched as Jesus walked up to him and asked him to baptize him. And John said, I need your baptism. In other words, that baptism of fire just prophesied, I don't have that one. And that was reserved for those after the death of Christ. And so John had no access to the greatest immersion in God that a human being could ever experience. And so Jesus said, allow it at this time. He baptized him. When he came up out of the water, John's gospel adds an element that is, is priceless for me. He says, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus in the form of a dove and remained. Part of that illustration is really what is behind the book, Hosting the Presence of God. Because you see in that example, you see the Spirit of God resting upon Jesus and never leaving, never leaving. Always there. 
Now, the Holy Spirit is in every believer, and he's covenanted with us to never leave. He'll never leave. But the reality is he does not rest upon every believer. And that's the distinction that I emphasize in this book and in this particular lesson. If the Spirit of God is on me, how do I treat him? How would I walk around this room? If I were to walk among you and greet you, if I was to walk up and down these stairs, how would I do it if I had a dove on my shoulder when it's so easy for a dove to become frightened and flee? And the answer is, carefully, is what almost everybody tells me when I ask that question. But I believe the responsible answer is every step that we take is always with a dove in mind. Every movement, every action is conscious of what we're trying to protect, what we're trying to preserve, what we're trying to give honor to. In this water baptism of Jesus, it says the heavens parted. And the word, when I first read this, to me it looks like, you know, the wispy separation of clouds. You know, that here Jesus is baptized and the clouds part and the Father speaks. and It's just kind of this cool moment. The language that is used here is, is militant. It's, it's a violent term when it says parting. The word parting is the same word that's used in the Gospel of Matthew 27, where at the death of Christ, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. Now that veil was four to six inches thick, and it was torn from the top to the bottom, from God's end towards our end. Not to let us in, but to get him out. Tore the veil in the temple. It was a violent act. In the same verse, it says, at the same time that the veil tore, all around Jerusalem, rocks were split open at the death of Christ. So we're looking at, we're looking at these rocks that out of nowhere just split in, in two. And that word for breaking those rocks, for Tearing the veil in the temple is the word that is used here to talk about the parting of clouds. I hope you can see when it says the parting of clouds, we're talking about a violent act that is at, uh, aimed at the powers of darkness. We're not talking merely about clouds in the sky. We're talking about the powers of darkness that oppress the hearts and the minds of a generation of people. So when Jesus was baptized in water, he came up out of the water, the Father ripped open the heavens, the Spirit of God was released, came upon Jesus in the form of a dove and remained, and he lived under an open heaven. The reason I try to emphasize this is, is uh, there, there are many factors to this, but one, if you and I live conscious of an open heaven, we, we live differently. If we think we have to constantly work to get an open heaven or beg God to open the heavens, then we, we have a completely different approach to life. We're always, it's almost like we're always facing a red light waiting for it to turn green. And I'd much rather live with a green light always, except when he puts up a red one. Our approach to life is shifted when we realize, now wait a minute, he, he opened the heavens over me. You say, well, yeah, but it's so oppressive in my neighborhood or so difficult in this city or my country is going through such difficulties. Those things may be true, but over me is an open heaven. If 
I consider myself as one who is under a closed heaven, then what I'm doing is I'm actually, first of all, I'm believing a lie, number one. Number two, when you agree with the liar, you empower the liar. Most closed heavens are between the ears for the Christian. In other words, it's the way people think. And when you feed into a lie, you actually contribute to the very thing you don't want. You're actually sowing into the very thing you don't want. So let's shift the focus. It's not just what you deserve, what I deserve. Let's look at it this way. The Bible says that the Father is jealous for the Spirit that lives within you. So the Holy Spirit is in you. The Father is in heaven. He is jealous for the Spirit that is within you. What demonic power can block the fellowship between the Father and the Holy Spirit? There is none. Let me try this side. <laughs> there is none. There, there, is, there is no realm of authority that can block the fellowship between the Father and the Holy Spirit within you. Are you, are you catching this? The implication is you live under an open heaven. We saw it yesterday, as we, uh, those of you that were here when we studied, on the house of God. The Bible talks about the house of God in the, in the book of Genesis, that um, the house of God is in Genesis 28, where he says, the house of God has a ladder with angels ascending and descending, has an open heaven, the voice of God speaks. The, op- the house of God is what? It is signified by an open heaven. The nature of the house of God, the nature of the people of God, you as an individual and us together corporately, we live under an open heaven. Now, it doesn't mean the entire city is that way. It doesn't mean the entire nation is that way. But it means your house is. It means you are. When you are aware of what you have immediate access to, you're much more likely to access it. Does that make sense? So one of the things that, uh, that I, I uh, work really hard on in my own life and in the people that I have the chance to influence is just try to stir up the awareness for the Spirit of God. I'll, I'll take times, honestly, in my office, in my car, anywhere. I, at home, I'll take just, sometimes at home, I'll just sit in a chair, I'll go into my office, close the doors, and I'll sit there for just a few minutes, and all I want to do is just become aware of the Spirit of God upon me. I try to never let anything get bigger in my consciousness, and my awareness. Nothing ever gets bigger to me than my awareness of the Spirit of God upon me. Not just out there somewhere, but upon me. If I don't, then whatever problem it is that I'm facing, whether it's some international crisis or it's a personal issue or local church issue, that problem once it gets bigger than my awareness of God, I will live in reaction to, to what the enemy is doing. I don't know, if, I don't know if, you, if you catch this or not, but living in reaction to the devil is just disastrous. Just disastrous. He would love for you to chase him around the planet. He does not mind at all. He doesn't mind the, the, the attention. Jesus did not model that kind of life for us. We, we never find him living a reaction to darkness. He's always responding to the Father. He's responding out of presence. He's responding out of relationship instead of reaction to something that's wrong. I grew up with a very large part of the activity of the church was in reaction to what was wrong. 
If I live in reaction to darkness, then the devil has had a role in setting my agenda. He's actually had influence on how I'm going to spend my life, how I'm going to spend my time. He's not worthy of any influence whatsoever. Living with an open heaven. In uh, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, I want you to look at this one, if you would, real quickly. It's just an interesting passage. Isaiah 6, verse 1, there's this encounter that Isaiah has with the Lord. It's really a bizarre story. He said uh, in uh, Isaiah 6, verse 1, he says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Here's the question. I, that's, I realize that's an abstract verse to read this context, but let me apply it in a moment. The question that is asked to me a lot is, why do we invite the Holy Spirit to come when he's already here? This will take far longer than what any of us have time-wise, but I want you to understand there are dimensions and measures of the presence of the Lord. Why would you even need to get born again if his presence actually holds every cell together? Which it does. It's the power of his presence, the power of his word that holds every cell in place. If that were removed, everything would disintegrate. There would be absolute chaos everywhere, completely. There are levels, measures, dimensions of the presence of God. He already holds my being together before I'm born again. But once I'm born again, the Spirit of God comes to rest in me. But that does not mean I have everything that I'm going to need throughout my life. There are dimensions and measures of his presence. So here we have a verse that I think illustrates this well. I love this verse. He says, the train of his robe filled the temple. This phrase or this word, filled, fulfilled the temple, is a, is a verse that basically is saying that train of his robe, if you picture the robe, the train of his robe fills the temple. The train of his robe fills the temple, but it's a word that means it's, it's still coming and it's still filling. In other words, he's here, but he's also coming. Are, are you, it's, it's, an ongoing, it's an ongoing deal. It's like, okay, I'm here, but there's more of me to get in the room. It's, it's like he's saying, I have showed up, but there's more that you haven't seen. And, it's, and that's, that's the whole deal, is that we realize that by covenant we have, we have everything given to us. But there's a big difference between what I have in my possession and what I have in my account. A lot of people live off of paper, and they'll boast in what they have in their account, but they can't demonstrate anything because they've not learned how to live in possession of something. That was a very good point, Bill. Don't quit, whatever you do. All right. Does that make sense? Because a, a lot of folks, you make a statement, somebody say, well, that's already settled, or, uh, you know, and, they'll, and they'll, they'll say things that they can't back up with their lifestyle. What the Lord wants is for us to realize what's in the account, make that our confession, make that our, our bold, uh, what we pursue and pray for. We know we have legal access to this that God has given to us, but also realize there is a difference between the fullness of all that I possess in Christ and what I'm actually able to put on display. The difference between the two is called maturity. Yes, it is. All right, all right. Now, we're going to do one more verse, and this is one of my most favorite verses in the Bible. If you would go to Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, chapter 39. 
I have a book that I wrote called uh, Face to Face with God. And in that book, um, I, it actually was a spinoff of this particular verse. And it's uh, this, whole, this whole hosting the presence is, is so, uh, it's expanding everything that was intended in, uh, in, this, in this theme, all right? Uh, Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 29. Look at this verse. I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. I'll not hide my face from them. I will have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel. Interesting. I will not hide my face from them, but the answer is, I will have poured out my spirit on them. This is an interesting side verse, if you like uh, to see how verses connect within Scripture, which I encourage you to create your own cross-references in the Bible. It's one of your best study tools for you personally. Just listen to this verse. I read it again. I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I will have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel. Listen to this verse. In the light of a king's face is life, and his favor is like the cloud of latter rain. Are you, are you seeing a connection there? His favor is like the cloud of latter rain. What is the latter rain? The latter rain is the prophetic language for the outpouring of the Spirit. So here the Lord says in Ezekiel 39, he says, I'm not going to hide my face from them anymore because I will have poured out my Spirit. What's the implication? Is every outpouring of the Spirit of God contains the face of God. Now, this is a big deal because I'll tell you what, I believe, I personally believe at least 90% of the people involved in a great outpouring miss that one element. God put it this way to, to Moses and to Israel. In the cloud, the pillar of the cloud that appeared over the Ark of the Covenant, that cloud was the actual manifested presence of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to them and he said, my face is in that cloud but I did not let you see any form because I knew you to be an idolatrous people and I knew you would create an image after whatever form I showed you. So what does that tell us? That tells us the precision of the revelation of his nature is according to what we can handle. But the face was, the face was in this thing called a cloud. It has no form, has no shape, and yet God says, not my face was there. And now, in this language, he's saying, when I pour out my spirit on you, my face is in the cloud. In the outpouring contains the face. Here's what happens. Is as believers, we often get distracted by the manifestations, which are important, the miracles, which are important. But they, they are all signs that point to something. These are all signs. The exit sign is important, but none of us will crawl through the sign when we leave. We go through what it's pointing to. And all these signs, the outpouring, the beautiful manifestations, the things we understand that we celebrate, the things we see that we don't understand, we still celebrate. The healings, the deliverances, the massive conversions, all this stuff, are these are the things we just, we celebrate in God. But behind all of it is the face of God and the Lord is looking for someone that will go to where the sign is pointing and have the face-to-face -face encounter. So, Father, this is our cry. This is our prayer. 
is that you would use these things to launch us into deeper and more profound encounters with your presence, with your face. All that Jesus would be exalted. That's our prayer. Praise God. That's good, isn't it? Thank you, Lord. So let's uh, grab a couple of points, That five points under every session. This is session five. The whole course is called Hosting the Presence. Sometimes I just feel like we need to go back and remind ourselves what it is we're studying. Um, might want to turn your own Bible and mark it. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou shouldest, wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. Hallelujah. I want to make all the come kind of want to make the point kind of review some of the points that Bill made. Uh, the Holy Spirit lives inside of every believer, but he does not rest upon every believer. Well, we want him to rest on us, don't we? Amen. A key to hosting the presence of God. Take every step with the dove in mind. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus and that we take every step we take. We live our lives. We live our days. What we choose to do with our time, we live with the dove in mind or the Holy Spirit in mind. When we are aware of an open heaven, we live differently. Now, you know, uh, we already have the open heaven. Every We studied that last time. Uh, in the last session, we t studied that, hallelujah, that 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 the oh heaven, the the open heaven is from Jacob, where we saw Jacob's ladder and the angels ascending and dis descending was a picture of the Christian life and what he wants to leave. So every born again believer already has open heaven over them, and he said it tonight, both individually and corporately, we have an open heaven. So we operate under an open heaven. Hallelujah. And when we're aware of it, and that's a big key, I know we've always had it since we got born again, but we just weren't aware of it. And when we're aware of it, we live differently. Hallelujah. And uh, we might talk about that a little later. Jesus not, did not live in reaction to darkness, but he lived out of presence and relationship. We don't want the devil to be leading us. Leading us, the Holy Ghost is supposed to lead us. So we don't even we don't even pray in reaction to darkness. Oh, we 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 heard that something happened over in this state. Well, and you know you could keep busy, and that's all you could pray about if you followed all of that but we don't pray because something happened we pray because the holy ghost leads us and if he leads you to pray pray for it hallelujah and um if he doesn't somebody else has got it covered i believe that the holy ghost is so smart that he never he knows exactly how many it takes and the words that it takes to solve every situation. And he does not waste words by having, if one Christian can take care of it, and only the Holy Ghost knows what it's going to take. If one Christian can take care of it, he doesn't ask 20 to pray. Because he's not wasteful. Because there's plenty of stuff to pray for. Hallelujah. 
So we know we have to be led to what we pray for. Otherwise, we spend time praying for something the Holy Ghost didn't lead us to that we didn't have. Any, we don't have any anointing to pray for. We don't have any insight is a better way to say it because we always have authority, but we don't have the insight or the revelation needed to pray for it. And he's got somebody else that does have that insight, does have that revelation. So don't let the devil lead you in your prayers. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus did not live in reaction to darkness. Oh, I just read that. <laughs> there is a difference between what we have in our account and what we have in our possession. Now, that is a big revelation because you'll encounter people. You'll listen to teachings and they'll say, you know, you've already got that. We already have that. No need to ask for that. No need to pray for that. But the fact is that a lot of times what God gave us by covenant, what gave, God gave us in the new birth, we still don't, we have it in our account, but we do not have it in our possession. We're not. And we need it in our possession. So hallelujah. So it's important that we, even though the wind, we have an open window over us, that we pray through the right things through the window. We are, we are in pursuit of what's going to come through that window on our behalf. Hallelujah. More of his presence, more of his glory, the reign of the Holy Spirit, saturation in our spirit, infillings of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Healings, deliverances. Amen. Hallelujah. So the point number one that, that uh, in the curriculum is the cry for a person. The cry for a person. And this is the truth. This is the truth. You've heard this before. This is not new. But every person has a God-shaped hole inside of them. Every person born into this earth has a God-shaped hole. It don't matter how much they say they don't believe, how they say they're atheists, how much they say they want nothing to do with God. They've got a God-shaped hole on the inside of them. Every person is longing for fulfillment, and that fulfillment will only come by the indwelling Jesus Jesus dwelling inside of them. And sometimes they fight it tooth and nail. Sometimes they, uh, because they're, uh, they're, uh, their carnal minds, their, their intellectualism keeps them from, and their pride keeps them from being able to admit that what they need is God. Let's go to Mark 1, which he read from, which is where Jesus gets baptized with water. Hallelujah. Mark 1, verse 10. I think that this gave a lot of more understanding to water baptism. I think we've just kind of brushed over water baptism, brushed over these verses and said, well, this is just, uh, water baptism is just uh, a symbol of the new birth and what happened to us. And we're actually given testimony uh, when, when we are water baptized. And that could be one way to look at it. But the truth is, if Jesus is our model and if, uh, and if what he did, he was modeling for us, then there's a lot that we, we could glean from these verses. And it said, said straightway, coming up out of the water he saw the heavens opened and the spirit like a dove descending upon him and there came a voice from heaven saying thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased so God if Jesus was modeling you know I had this thought if Jesus is modeling for us so I thought you know all of the things that happened when Jesus was water baptized should be something that we're experiencing 
uh, when we are water baptized. Um, and as the Amplified Bible actually talks about um, that the heavens were torn open. It actually uses that word torn. Um, and so we see that when Jesus was water baptized, heaven opened, presence was released, the baptism of the Holy Spirit for Jesus occurred. There's no record of Jesus ever ministering before he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he told them, later he told them to go tarry in Jerusalem till they received the promise of the Spirit and that they would receive power to be witnesses when they received it. So Jesus, um, hallelujah, he, he, he received that baptism of the Holy Spirit. Another place that that insinuates that Acts ten thirty eight says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good healing all those that were sick and oppressed of the devil and so if Jesus had to be anointed with the Holy Spirit and power Holy Spirit and power came upon him that power came upon him at the baptism remember he came and stripped himself of his divinity and even though he never sinned and he was 100% God, hallelujah. He was also the Son of Man, and he stripped himself his divinity. So these things that happened to Jesus, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the voice of God, immediately hearing the voice of God. And I wonder when we're water baptized, if, I, you know, hallelujah, if the voice of God doesn't say the same thing. Hey, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Not the own, not the the first begotten of son, hallelujah! But a son of God that's been born again. This is my beloved son. And I'm well pleased, boy. I am pleased. This guy, you got born again. I am. Well, I believe Father's just as well pleased with you getting born again, me getting born again, hallelujah! So uh, these, uh, this was a he was he was giving us a picture. So what does that mean? It means we need to be water baptized. And when we do, it needs to mean something to us. Well, we hadn't been taught enough, and we hadn't even taught you enough. This revelation's some of it's new to us. We need to understand what's happening when we're water baptized, and we ought to be expecting results from it. We ought to be expecting to come up out of the water different. And, you know, there shouldn't be 25 years between us getting water baptized and us getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's just That's just from wrong doctrine and... Ignorance gone to seed, you know, which we all came under. Because I know it was 18 years between me getting saved and then getting uh, baptized in the Holy Ghost. And some of you, something like that. Um, so the Amplified, the heaven was torn on, open. Oh, I got to say this. After the voice of God, supernatural ministry followed. Supernatural ministry followed after Jesus, after this occurrence. Amplified said the heaven was torn open, and and he did it. Jesus full Jesus fulfilled this. He did it for us, and every believer that now walks now walks under an open heaven, and his presence was unleashed on us. So uh, praise God. Be water baptized. Be aware that you are now under an open heaven. Be aware of it. Be aware of it. Walk aware of it every day. I'm under. An, we need. To, this is something we're going to have to train ourselves to walk aware of. Because we've been not aware of it. We've thought maybe, I think in the past, that an open heaven was something that came sometimes. God opened and we had a special service or we had a big event or uh, 
you know, we had an encounter with the Holy Spirit or we were baptized in the Spirit and then the heavens closed and we're expected to walk down here and do the best we can. But when the heavens open over you and they did what you, at the new birth, hallelujah, they've not closed, they're open over us, hallelujah. And I'm practicing thinking about that, meditating it and being aware of it. And then uh, uh, know that the Holy Spirit is within you. We need to know the Holy Spirit is within us. We need to pursue that the Holy Spirit rests upon us. Hallelujah. We pursue that. And we may make to have to make some adjustments. Walking conscious of the dove. Hallelujah. Because there might be some things that we are having are have in our life that the Holy Spirit just doesn't want to, to be involved in or be a part of. And I'm, I'm sure of that. Hallelujah. If I just go by how the Lord's dealt with me in my own life, I'm, I'm very certain of that. Um, we need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit for overflow anointing. Pastor Moss one time when we were there preached a message and he talked about, there. he said, there is a difference between just a little charismatic, and he used those words, a little charismatic baptism of the Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I've seen that just in, in ministry, in 33 years of ministry. Pastor and I have seen that, that some people get a little Holy Spirit baptism. It doesn't affect their lives much. They speak in tongues every once in a while. They kind of, you know, like that. And then there's people that get a Holy Ghost baptism, and it forever changes their life. They're never the same again. They are, they uh, they uh it may not be the whole baptism of fire, but they, it, it is fiery, and they get fiery. They get bold. It changes them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, um, mm. and people get that little charismatic baptism of the Spirit. It don't change their lives much. They don't watch Walk Conscious of the Dove, and they still go to everything they would have gone to and watch everything that they would have watched. But when you get a Holy Ghost baptism... I tell you what, you'll take the demonic things in your house and uh, you'll take a hammer and put them in a sack and beat them up and throw them in your dumpster and you don't care if the neighbors talk about you and said you broke your china all to pieces. Sister Busybody. Hallelujah. So know the Holy Spirit lives within us. Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit for overflow anointing, power to be witnesses, for supernatural ministry, hallelujah, and listen to His voice. You know, uh, expect to hear His voice. Start listening. Amen. Number two, second point for this is the cry for an open heaven. We'll go to Matthew 3.16. The cry for an open heaven. I'm getting kind of warm in here. I don't know about y'all. Can't get too fiery and preach too hard. Or might get hot. Hallelujah. So I agreed with what Pastor Moss said that day. Thank you, Lord. There's a difference. You can tell the difference in those kind of people. So if 
if you need to get more on fire, just pray about that and pray for it. Hallelujah. Matthew 3.16 says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Open heaven, basically what we mean by an open heaven, this you might want to have a record of just in your notes, is an unrestricted flow of supernatural resources from God's world to this one. An unrestricted flow of supernatural resources from God's world to this one. That sounds like a good idea to me. Unrestricted flow. Supernatural resources. We have all sorts of supernatural resources. We just don't avail ourselves of them too much. Hallelujah. We have the blood of Jesus. We have the name of Jesus. We, I, I, that scripture kept coming to me this week. Uh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Think about that. How we can just run in and get inside the name of Jesus and have the name of Jesus surrounding us. We have a supernatural resource there. We have supernatural resource in the gifts of the Spirit. We ought to be after all of them and develop them in our lives and praying for them and practicing them at home. I know, some, you know, uh, they're available they and we need them we need them to raise children we need them for our grandchildren we need them hallelujah we need them to warn people we need them to 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 give forth words of knowledge because a word of knowledge builds faith in you and in the person you're giving it to it to so that when you pray you have faith to believe that they're going to be healed it raises the faith level of the room so we have this supernatural resources we have the super natural resources of the fruit of the Spirit. And the Bible says against such there is no law, which means you can't have too much. It don't matter how much love you have, you won't have too much. How much joy you have, you can't have too much. Hallelujah. That is available to us. What about the armor of God? How about the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are supernatural. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We, were with, we got everything available to us. We can turn our whole world around. We can turn our whole family around. We can, but we have to apply ourselves to it. We have to seek after it. It's all based on pursuit. What we get is based on what we're pursuing. It's all based on that. But it's all there for us. Everything. And if we're pursuing but we're not getting it, we're pursuing in a wrong way. Or we're pursuing the wrong thing. Or we're pursuing uh, in the wrong place. And so we make adjustments. We ask the Holy Spirit, help us, Lord. And we make adjustments every day all along the road. We have the supernatural resource of, uh, of, of just the ability to go into the throne room of grace and uh, obtain help and grace to help in time of need. We have the ability to go before God and confess any sin and get instant forgiveness. Now, if that's not supernatural... Hallelujah. We have the ability to go and ask to be refilled with the Spirit. As we can read in the book of Acts that they weren't just filled one time. It's not a little dabble, do you? It is available to us 24-7. Praise God. To be filled with the Spirit. We have a supernatural resource in praise. 
The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. It says praise stills the avenger. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We've got these resources. Hallelujah. We just need to get immersed in it all and saturated with it, everything that we have. Um, hallelujah. So um, Jesus' water baptism was significant. We read it again here. It was a model to follow. Not just let's all be baptized because Jesus was. That's how the church has been. Let's all get baptized after we get saved because Jesus was. Well, that's good to do it because Jesus got baptized. But there's some other reasons why he did get baptized and why uh, we must we must be water baptized so we talked about that that the water uh, baptism opened heaven presence was released we're still kind of going over the same thing but baptism of the holy spirit um i think that i'm reading my notes again i am i'm sorry i'll let you get to preach and lose your place um so open heaven, unrestricted, the target is, okay, this unrestricted flow of supernatural resources doesn't just come out of heaven down here, out on the ground out here. It, the target of those, that, that open heaven and that supernatural resources is always a person. It's always an individual. Yeah. Hallelujah. So uh, we are, just say, that's me, Lord. Just hallelujah. Down on me right now. Hallelujah. Jesus modeled what it would look like to live under an open heaven. Jesus never intended for his experience in water baptism to be unparalleled or unreachable. So many things in the Bible, all the big events in the Bible, we look at them that way and we're changing our thinking now to quit looking at this like, oh, that's something. That was awesome. That happened to Jesus. These are not unparalleled events. These are not um, uh, untouchable things that can that that none of that could ever happen to us, and only happened because he was Jesus. Um, we need to elevate our expectations. If we aren't expecting all the time and going after greater presence, then what happens is we become bored and burned out. Did anybody ever get bored? I've gotten bored before. Did everybody get, ever get burned out? Well, I don't know what it was. I've gotten tired, but I don't know if I've ever got burned out. I never quit. I never got backslid burned out. But hallelujah, I have gotten tired and gotten un, I've gotten less motivated. Let's just say it that way. <laughs> but uh, hallelujah, if we keep pursuing and we keep having an experience on a daily basis and, and every day is fresh, something fresh and new in the Holy Ghost, a fresh word, a, you know, and 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 we and that happens more as we walk corporately we'll have more of that when you walk individually you have less the corporate anointing is greater than the individual anointing and so we won't ever get bored we won't ever get burnt out we'll always be excited about what the thing is god's going to do today hallelujah randy clark says that many believers actually live a bored unsatisfied christian experience not because God is unwilling or unable to do anything, but because what he call, but because of what Randy calls the closed heaven between the ears syndrome. The heavens only closed between our ears and our brain, in other words, if I need to make that more clear. The heaven, heavens but we have an open heaven. It can be closed between our ears. God is awakening his people. 
right now. I know he's awakening us. We're, we are becoming aware. It, you know, Pastor Buzzy came through and we got aware of what we had in Christ in one dimension. Now we're getting aware of what we have in Christ in a whole other area and dimension. Hallelujah. We long to be mo- for more to be poured out through that open heaven. Are you longing for more to be poured out? Are you pursuing it? Hallelujah. What comes to your mind when you think of open heaven? What I thought we'd do just for a minute is call some things out. So when you think of an open heaven, what comes to your mind? Just provision. Provision. Okay, that's good. Revelation. Revelation. Healing. Glory. Miracles. Manifestations. Signs. Answered prayer. Hallelujah. Okay. I wrote some things down. You mostly got them all. I put blessings. I don't think I put revelation, but somebody said that angels. I tell you, when I began to meditate on an open heaven being over me, that what I thought of is having favor 24 hours a day. Not favor being something that comes and goes, but God just favoring me. Open communication with God. Instant instant healings. When I think of an open heaven, I think of instant healings and miracles. You know, if you're always praying for heaven to open and a miracle come through, you, um, if we're asking for heaven to open, then I, when I say, Lord, open heaven, then there's always the chance that it's not today, it's tomorrow. But when I think about I live under an open heaven, then I get a more of an attitude of, well, there's nothing to hinder this. There's nothing to hinder it. The devil cannot stop what's coming through your open heaven. He is unable to get between me and, me and God and my relationship with God. He cannot get between us. Amen. Okay. So, and then another thing I thought of that I feel when I think about open heaven is confidence. Like I just walk through my day being confident. Hallelujah. So meditate on that in the coming week. Um, I believe that Christians, and this is my belief. I didn't get this from Bill Johnson. This is Debbie's belief. I believe that Christians that have significant experience with, with God or an unforgettable experience with the Holy Ghost, do not backslide. Or they are far, far, far less likely to backslide. That's why I pray, God, mark my grandchildren with your glory. Because once children are marked with the glory, they don't go back and, and be nominal or be backslid. They're less likely to be. Even when confronted with temptation and peer pressure and the things that they get in college, but they, they, once that you've been marked with significant experience, significant glory, and uh, that's what our young people need. They're hungry. The young people of this world are, are, are hungry. Hungry, hungry, hungry. Very, very hungry. So four kinds of people. First, there's the lost. And they don't have they don't know God and they got that God-shaped hole inside of them. So don't be dissuaded when somebody acts like they're atheist or don't want God or throws up a wall or throws up something. They want God, they just don't know they want him. 
And most times God's not been pre presented in a way that um, <laughs> uh, that's, that's powerful. I'm not talking about, you know, you got to be politically correct. I read this testimony this day about, today about this preacher. And when he was like in third grade, his, the, he had a classmate that witnessed to him, I don't know for how many years, but every day. And here's how the classmate witnessed it. When he'd walk in the room, he'd say, you're going to go to hell. You better get saved. He said, he, he would walk in the classroom and the classmate would say, would say, good thing you didn't die last night or you'd, been, you'd be in hell this morning. <laughs> this is a third grader. I'm like, oh my word. And, uh, but you know what? He said he went to bed every night afraid he'd go, afraid. He went to bed every night, but and when he and when he received Jesus, it was the first time he he really slept good. <laughs> Cause, hallelujah. Well, I, I'm not recommending that that's always the best way. But however you have to, you know, God knows how some people have to be got, and some people are just not going to be one saying, "Well, you know, we just have such a good time at our church." You know, we have dinners once a month. And you really ought to come. And we play dominoes afterwards. And wouldn't you like to come to our domino party? There are people that are not going to be one like that. I just, I, just, I just believe that there's probably people and that God knew what this guy needs. Said, said, oh, you need to get saved because you're going to hell. There's some people in town that need to hear your need to get saved. You're going to hell. Good thing you didn't die last night. And, you know, oh, wow. Yeah, that just kind of... This guy's a preacher now. And he listed eight things that happened to him in the new birth. Uh, it was interesting. Um, number two are the saved but dissatisfied. The ones that... The people that are not baptized in the Holy Ghost, they're saved but they're dissatisfied. There's a bunch of them. When you're saved but you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, and you're, you get dissatisfied. You're hungry for something, but you've been told everything passed away. Nothing's for today. Died with the, went away with the last apostle, died. You know. Then here's how you become. You either become religious, and I'm talking about legalistic. You, you're very strict on church and everything, but you become religiously legalistic. Or you become a carnal Christian and fall into sin. Or you fill the void with worldly activities. In other words, you go just as hard and fast as you can go every day, being in every sport, every play that they, that they have. You just, you got to go fast. Why? And you know why? Because you are dissatisfied. And you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking to you, obviously, but I'll, I'll say it that way for on the CD. Send this out to a bunch of people, Pastor. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, or I've seen people that are, that are not, they've got this still, this dissatisfaction, although they're saved. They attach themselves to humanitarian efforts. A lot of people like that, they trying to, trying to satisfy something they go out habitat for humanity the, all those and i'm not against that i think that's a good thing but 
a lot of people are really involved in those things that that need that just they just are hungry for more of God and they think that they're going to be more satisfied by helping people and there is a satisfaction to helping but it's not going to satisfy what you're supposed to receive in the baptism of the Holy Spirit okay or people that are dissatisfied saved a lot of times will over, put an overemphasis on family It'll just be every, you know, every Sunday's a big family event. Every, can't do nothing at church, can't do any, oh, hallelujah. We've had some of that type in this church because they always got to have a, a huge dinner and they always got to have this. And, you know, we can't come to that because family, 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 and they've just, they've just immersed themselves in family. Number three type of person is the person that's saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost, and the, the, but yet they're stuck. And, and there's a dissatisfaction that comes in getting saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, but not going on from there. And a lot of times they think they've got it all, and they toy around with praying in tongues every once in a blue moon. But they've, and they've, been, they've been taught, and this is what we were taught. We were taught not to pursue more. Because if God wants to give you something after the baptism, you pursue salvation, you pursue baptism in the Holy Ghost, but don't pursue anything past that. Because uh, if He wants to give you more, like if He wants to give you a vision or He wants to give you something that is totally up to God, don't pursue it. Because if you did, you might get something you wasn't wanting, which is a devil. And that's what we were taught. Hope we didn't pass that along to you. But that is exactly how we did it. So... Um, if you try to look into the spirit realm, you might see a devil. Uh, and so if you in prayer, just inadvertently loving on God, and you're just in prayer, that kind of Christian, if you ever get a little too far and it gets a little supernatural, you whoo, you get out of that room real quick because, man, there might be a devil in there. But I just want to remind us, if any of you still kind of feel a little weary, or wary is a better word, wary of going and pursuing the more, the more of heaven, the more of God that Jesus promised in Luke 11, uh, uh, Luke 11, 11, he said is, if any one of you asks for, well, let's go there. And I'll get it exactly right. Because if I read it, it'll be right. <laughs> and a lot of times we would hear of grand experiences and Man, people that had awesome experiences with God, but we thought God was just picking and choosing those people, and He never did pick and choose us. And so we were kind of, but we were being faithful, and we were praying in the Spirit, and and we were we loved God, and we, and you know, we wanted the miracles and all those kind of things, but we didn't know to pursue His presence. Luke eleven. Eleven. Hallelujah. If a man shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? 
So when we seek after more of the Holy Spirit, whether it's the first time in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or if it's the more of the Holy Spirit, and we seek after the more, He does not give us a scorpion. He does not let the devil get in between and show us something that we shouldn't be seeing. He does not give us an egg. He does not give us a serpent. Hallelujah. He gives good gifts to those that ask and pursue Him. Hallelujah. Because He's a Father. He's a Father. He's a Father. Hallelujah. He's our Father. So, um, let's don't be, let's don't be, uh, let's don't be, uh, deceived into thinking we have enough right now or that we have it all when we don't have enough until we're seeing instant miracles in our ministry and we don't have enough hallelujah we need more we need more understanding of how to minister healing i don't know every time i need to know more about how to minister healing we need to meditate that and pray on that and uh uh uh, ask the Lord to show us when we're going how to how to minister. You know, different things we might be called to minister differently. If it comes out the same way every time, we're probably not following following the Holy Ghost. Jesus didn't do it the same way twice. Sometimes he spit on dirt and rubbed it in their eyes. Um, he, we hope he don't say that Saturday, but Hallelujah, glory to God. Sometimes he told them go wash or to whatever he said and sometimes he touched them sometimes he didn't sometimes they touched him hallelujah we need more we need more we need so much more that tuscaloosa figures out there's a fire here does anybody believe this everybody nod your head everybody oh, hallelujah oh, i love that response thank you lord glory okay pastor come Preach the rest of it.